Blog Talk Radio. Interviewing your favorite musicians, comedians, and other creative souls. This is the Carrie Edelman Show. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Carrie Edelman Show. I am so excited tonight as we have the lead singer, Andrew Corkery, coming on from the alternative rock band Shadowplay. And this is going to be an awesome interview tonight. We're going to take you guys on a really interesting journey, learn all about these guys' background and how they got into this business, as well as some interesting things. I really like to do a different type of interview. Um, a little bit about my background. I started this show approximately five years ago. And uh, I've done over 200 interviews at this point, so please check out all of the artists, uh, musicians, comedians, filmmakers, etc., that I've had the honor of interviewing. Some of the artists I've had on my show include national artists such as Sick Puppies, Tremonti, uh, gosh, I can't remember, the list just goes on and on, Failure Anthem, so check it out. I started this show because I have a background in psychology, and one of the things I just really like to do is interview people. My other passion is also the entertainment industry, so I wanted to combine the two passions together to create a forum to bring people on to support them and help them spread the word. Um, We know how challenging and difficult the entertainment industry can be, so this show, show is all about supporting and promoting my guests. Although I mentioned I have a background in psychology, I always throw out there that this show is purely meant for entertainment purposes. We are not doing any type of formal therapy on the air. And um, also, I like my guests to feel comfortable to discuss whatever they'd like. But if they want to potentially share any embarrassing or humiliating stories, to please keep uh, any identifying information out. So if you're tuning in, please create a Blog Talk Radio account by going to blogtalkradio.com if you want to call in tonight. The number is 805-243-1320. So while we are waiting for Andrew to call in right now, I'm going to do a nice introduction for the band, and then we are going to bring him on the air. So Shadowplay, as I mentioned, they're an alternative rock band, and they are based out of Mount Laurel, New Jersey. The band formed approximately a decade ago. Um, They've released a couple of EPs. One of the EPs was Ghost Train back in 2011, and then they followed that up actually with a debut full-length album, in 2012 called Visions. The band, though, even though I had mentioned that they're alternative rock, they're really eclectic in the sense that if you like different types of music, these guys are definitely going to be your go-to band. They incorporate elements of alternative, classic, some even, you know, jazz and fusion at times. So really cool stuff that these guys are doing here. Um, Shadowplay is also an extremely seasoned fan. These guys have been playing for a long time now. They've done a ton of shows and actually just got off a uh, mini tour on the East Coast. So I highly recommend tonight everyone check out their phenomenal follow-up sophomore album, which is titled Almost Lifelike. It is out now, and it was produced by Ted Richardson, and we're going to feature a couple of tracks tonight off of it, and their hit single right now that they are currently pushing is titled Empty Skeletons. So check these guys out. Go to at Shadowplay Rock and Roll and uh, follow them on Twitter and check them out on Facebook, et cetera. So let's see if uh, Andrew, he's going to be calling in, so I don't want to start playing a song yet. Um, let me just check in with him real quick. And then we will hopefully bring him on the air. All 
All right, let's see. Is he in the chat room? Not yet. Okay, so let's see what else I can tell you about these guys. As I mentioned, they're from Mount Laurel, New Jersey, and uh, they've been doing a ton of different shows. Some really cool stuff that these guys have done in the past is that they were signed to um, a label called Romulus Records, and it looks like they might have switched over now. We're going to find out a little bit about that transition tonight when um, Andrew calls in. And uh, also, like I said, check them out on Facebook, check them out on Twitter. They're also on Instagram, and also be sure to check out one of their upcoming shows. So what I'll do is let me go into the switchboard here, and we will start off with one of their songs, and uh, then Andrew hopefully will be on the air. All right, so give me one second to scroll through everything here. I've got tons of songs in here. Okay, so let's do this. Let's check out their single right now that they are pushing off of their album, Almost Lifelike. This is titled Empty Skeleton. And uh, check it out, and we'll be back in a moment.
All right, everyone, welcome back to the Carrie Edelman Show. Again, Empty Skeleton, the hit single that is currently being pushed by Shadowplay off of their sophomore album that is out right now, and it is titled Almost Lifelike. So, again, I highly encourage you and recommend that you pick up a copy of it. It is a phenomenal album and really great seasoned musicians on this album that bring some eclectic music and some different stuff to the scene. So it's really cool to see these guys branching out. All right, so let's bring Andrew on. Hey, Andrew, how are you? Hey, how are you doing? Thanks good, so good. So great show. to hear you. What's that? Sorry it took me a minute. Sorry it took me a minute to get over to you. I uh, was trying to find cell service where I was. It was kind of oh, no. Okay. <laughs> That's fine. I've been uh, doing this long enough that I know how to buy time, and so I figured why not introduce uh, your single to open the show up. Appreciate that. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. Yeah, great song. So since I just played it, let's talk a little bit about the track, and then we're going to start to delve into the history of shadow play, and then I'm going to also play one of my favorite um, songs later on in the show. So yeah, tell okay, us about cool. just, yeah, tell us about the concept of uh, you know empty skeleton. It's a really cool title for the track, and some of the meaning behind it. Well, I mean, it was written by our guitar player uh, Dan, but I mean, I sing it. I know we are talking. Um, you know, playing the band and everything. But, yeah, basically, uh, you know, it just kind of means, like, for me, you know, it's taken on a meaning where I've kind of just come, come to kind of call it, like, song that epitomizes how you feel sometimes when you feel disconnected to the world, occasionally. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, you know, after, after a while, you know, you, you kind of, like, allow it to connect like you you connect the song to other people and to other experiences and stuff like that. So like when we play it just taking on another meaning as well. Um and I always you know, we always seem to get a positive reaction from it. But I mean, uh yeah, so you, you kinda just don't want to become the empty skeleton. You wanna keep engaging with the world. You wanna keep, you know, staying like vital as a person and trying to try new things and, and meet new people and trying to do different things with your life. So it's kind of, for me anyway, I didn't write the lyrics of the song, so obviously Dan has a different interpretation than I do. But, from, uh, you know, from my perspective, it's kind of tough to embody something like that where you want to keep trying to invigorate your life with things that have value and meaning to you. Definitely, definitely. And like you said, I think it has a very kind of open-ended um, interpretation, too, where people can kind of listen to it and apply it to their lives and, you know, whatever way that they yeah. see it. And I think that that's really cool when people can, you know, approach a song from that way, because I think that's the best type of song is when someone can listen yeah, to I mean, it and I, say, you know what, go ahead. Yeah. I, I think that sometimes, you know, people have, like, really rigid interpretations of certain songs because they were meant to talk about only certain things. And, you know, it works for some songs, but, like, other songs to be those songs have like a, you know, an open interpretation like you're talking about where I can kind of listen to it at different points in time in my life and come to different realizations about that particular song or about, you know, what that song means in my life or it'll even bring back like certain memories of like specific times that are like so intensely mm-hmm. vivid that you wouldn't be able to connect to those moments in time without having that song sort of thing. So definitely, it's kind of comes definitely. to those experiences. And a lot of this album does too now that we've been working on a lot of these songs for, you know, a number of years. Some are three or four years old. You know, some are, you know, we wrote while we were in the studio. So, I mean, it really just depends on the song. So, I think each song has its own certain, like, embodiment and, and 
experience to it and has different connections to different points of time. Definitely. And real, real quick while you're talking, just just I want to make sure you're not on speaker because it sounds a little muffly at times. So I don't know if it's just like you said, unfortunately, the area you might be in. Yeah, it might, it might be. Um, oh, that's good. No, yeah, you sound trying, great. Wherever you're, at, wherever you're at right now, that sounds perfect. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> Sorry that about that. That sounds better. Yeah. No, that's okay. Cool. You're just kind of kind of fading in and out. But, um, yeah, so, yeah, definitely. We're going to delve more into Andrew talking about, you know, the album a little bit later on because I definitely want to talk to you about, you're right, you know, produce, Ted Richardson producing you and how you got connected with him and all that good stuff. But let's um, – Yeah. Because I've – come a long way and you guys come a long way too i mean i think the last time i had you on was in 2013 actually i think it was shortly after (laughs) yeah yeah no it was shortly after hurricane sandy because we were promoting i remember we were promoting sandy eyes and we'll talk a little bit about that but it's it's definitely been a while since uh we've had you on to promote some new music so let's digress and start from the beginning so tell me a little bit about you know, is that where you're from originally, Mount Laurel, New Jersey? And just, you know, tell me a little bit about yourself as a kid. How would you describe yourself, your personality, some of your interests? Um, yeah, I mean, I, you know, basically I grew up with a lot of the members that are in our band. Like, we've been playing music since we were, like, you know, 14 years old. It's kind of become a a longstanding thing, you know, in my, in my life. I'm 24 as, as it stands right now. I'm going to be 25 in January. Okay. And, um, you know, I've been, I've been playing music for basically 10 years, which at this point is like a really solid chunk of my life. So it's something that really has an intense uh, emotional and, uh, you know, life connection to like what right. I do, you know, every single day. So, I mean, but basically, you know, as a kid, I started out and I was, you know, just kind of like singing with like my friends and, you know, going to concerts and, I'd say some of the first bands I ever started listening to were bands like Lincoln Park and System Up and Down and stuff like that. Nice. Um, and then gradually got into more classic rock sounding songs, like, you know, uh, classic rock sounding bands like Zeppelin and uh, Jimi Hendrix and uh, things along that line, like Pink Floyd. So, okay. Um, but I guess and, you know, and while that's you're... my upbringing. Yeah, yeah. Just, yeah, while you're talking, just like a little kid, before you even got involved in music, like talking a little bit about your family and, and what might have sparked your interest in music. Was it like a show you watched or was your mom playing a record player with a cool song on it that caught your attention? Right. I mean, it's weird because I don't think a lot of people in my family are very musical. So I don't necessarily okay. know where <laughs> where it came from. Um, but I just remember, you know, listening to the albums that, that I had like when I was a kid and just being like really struck by how much was going on like within the music and how much I could relate to it at kind of a young age and it just seemed like the right fit um, and then I wasn't really you know a good singer at that point I kind of I kind of like gradually became better at singing and it wasn't like instantaneous I had to work at it a lot and lots of people have to work at it but I think for me it was something that I knew I really liked music, and I knew I had a connection to music, but I didn't necessarily know how that would manifest um, as my life went on. So, you know, I got into playing music with different people that I knew in the band. Um, you know, but before that, I mean, I I grew up with my, my mom, my two sisters, and uh, kind of like the only guy in the house. So, you know. Okay. Um, some Your of mom the music was... Though, it like, yeah. Was your, was your mom a single? Was your mom a single mom? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And okay. um, 
yeah, like I knew my dad, like we have a relationship and stuff like that, but it's like, you know, uh, when I was listening to the music, it kind of like took on that, that element of helping to find, you know, who I was, like through these different songs, through these different artists. And then from there, it just kind of like snowballed into finding people who had similar interests. Like when I was really kind of young, like, you know, like 12, 13, you know. Right, right. And and a lot of people would think that like not, where people don't really know about themselves very much, but I've kind of always been really comfortable with, you know, what I liked and what I thought was purposeful in my life. So once Mm -hmm. I kind of found people who could relate to that, it just kind of made sense. Um, you know, and I always had, like, really caring parents, really caring relatives, like, super supportive of, like, everything that I was doing. So, um, cool. And, really and while you're, that. yeah, and while you're talking about, you know, being supportive family, what is, what does your mom do and what does your dad do for, for a living? Um, yeah, like, my, my mom, she works in insurance. My dad was working in construction for a while until he, um, okay. you know, became disabled, uh, because of some accidents that happened when he was working. But, I mean, other oh. than that, like, you know, he's okay. Um, Good. But, Good. you know, it's, it's pretty much, yeah. You know, like, they've always been, like, really supportive of me and, uh, you know, trying to, like, super supportive of the band, too. I mean, before we were, you know, uh, 18 years old and could actually, like, drive around and, you know, drive multiple people in the car and stuff like that, you know, my mom would leave work and she would drive us all to these shows, like, all over New Jersey and, like, all over, like, Pennsylvania and just... Nice. Like she would get lost, and she'd be like, oh, my God, I'm going to kill you, like, this sort of thing, you know. But, <laughs> uh, right. You know how parents get, like, when they just get, like, super, like, flustered or whatever. But, I mean, she's, yeah. like, the best mom in the world pretty much. And Aww. I swear, like, her van that we had was, like, drove us, you know, basically everywhere. <laughs> Everyone in the van, we would just Tetris, like, the hell out of this van in order to fit everything that was in there. <laughs> wow. What kind of, what kind of van was it? Van. What was she, uh, what, what was she transporting yeah. around in? It was a 2001, 2001 Ford Windstar. Was oh, okay. <laughs> and uh, this van, I think by the end of it, had like 170 or 180,000 miles on it, something like that. And it had to be at least 100,000 of them were the van. <laughs> that's crazy. But that's, again, that's really, that's really cool because, like you said, she was really behind you. She was really supportive despite – how anxiety provoking you probably made these uh, trips she was taking because she had no clue where uh-huh. she was going. <laughs> you yeah. Know what I mean? Well, sometimes we would play shows in the city, and she's like never really been a fan of, oh of driving gosh. in the city. And I, I always drive in the city all the time because I work in the city and we play shows in the city. So I just kind of come become accustomed to it. Like you know, those right. things that aggravate me, like traffic will aggravate me, like it aggravates anyone else. But you know, it's um, I just become accustomed to it. But she was never really like. I could tell she never really liked driving in the city, you know what I mean? Right. Which is totally You're understandable. Right. It gets, like, really chaotic, especially when you have, like, you know, five teenagers in a car full of equipment. <laughs> <laughs> right, definitely. Oh, well, that's yeah. cool. That's cool that she was so supportive. And um, Yeah. So when yeah, you, and other, um, other band parents were really supportive, too, like everyone else in the band, you know, like, they take turns occasionally driving and, you know, uh, helping us out getting merch and things like that. So, I mean, everyone cool. was really cool about it. So, okay, so getting back to, like you said, you were you were kind of very emotionally attached to music. Um, you couldn't really pinpoint what was it that was driving you, but you kind of kind of was find, finding yourself, as you said. Now, did you, when yeah. you started dabbling in singing, were you playing any instruments? Do you, do you dabble with any other instruments or no? You just formally just kind of sing and, and write vocals. 
I mean, that was the weird thing about it, right, is because I started listening to a lot of different music and became, like, really influenced by it. So really the only thing I could do was, like, try to sing at that point. Like, I wanted to consider myself like a good singer at that, at that age. But, I mean, I was, I was working my way through it, and that's just kind of like, you know, how you become better. You just try different things, and you learn, and you basically develop as you go along. So, I mean, uh, you know, I, I was listening to all sorts of different music, like I was saying, but... Uh, oh, no, no, I'm know. sorry, Andrew. Maybe, I'm sorry, maybe I didn't, maybe yeah. I wasn't clear. No, I said, did you play any instruments when you were getting oh, into singing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I mean, I played, um, you know, I would, like, play, like, a couple notes on the guitar or something like that, but nothing really, right. like, I didn't know chords very well at all, really. <laughs> so, I mean, okay. once I met people who were, like, into music, who could actually, like, play, you know, instruments... <laughs> That mm-hmm. was kind of like the moment where I'm like, oh, like we can do something with this, like this can work, you know. So, and then a lot of them were much better than I was, you know, at the time with my uh, singing at that point. But um, but, you know, but being around them and kind of seeing how good a lot of them were, and uh, you know, the people, some of the people who are, who are in our band now, like Dan, uh, he's a guitar player. I've been playing with him for like ten years now. You know, just seeing how good and how um, focused other members of the band were on kind of like honing in their craft or, you know, expressing themselves, that kind of motivated me to try to learn, you know, different um, elements about my voice and try to like figure out, you know, what my voice was like and how to sing the way that felt naturally to me, you know? Right. No, that's cool. That's cool. Did you ever, and again, I can relate to you because, you know, I sing, I do not play any instruments. It's, it's all kind of, now you know, I, I come up with my own. a little bit. Yeah. Oh, you do? Okay, cool. Yeah, okay. a little yeah, bit. Gonna... Like we, we do like a cover song, but it's uh, a cover song by this band called Mudlight. And I play bass on this song. And, uh, cool. you know, that seems to be the only song at the moment, but I've made clear to the rest of the guys in the band, I'm like, yeah, I'd like to do more like, you know, bass songs. If you guys want to give me a chance to kind of, you know, uh, pick it up and, you know, do all my skills more sort of a thing. So, right. yeah, so right. we're working cool. on different things like that. Probably more cover songs, cool. maybe a couple originals to see if I can play bass. Because it, it has another element to the band because uh, basically another person can play guitar or uh, so we can have three guitars or we can have John play keyboard. We can have two guitars, bass, drums, and, uh, you know, keyboard. Or we can have three guitars, bass, drums that sort of a thing, um, which right. is, opens up an, an another dynamic to the band. Um, Definitely. Really okay, so let's uh, tell me a little bit about, you know, like you said, you, you've known Dan forever. He's kind of the main member of this band that has kind of stuck with you since the inception of the band. Um, how did you how'd you meet Dan? You know, is there an interesting story that you have where you guys were, you know, students together in class? You know, how did you guys uh, become good friends and, and start this project? Yeah, so when we were in, um, like, this is going way back, like, definitely 10 years ago, um, we were in this thing called Jammin' Club at school, which was just, like, in middle school, it was, like, a little club, and you get together after school, and you go to, like, the music, uh, you know, the music room, and basically jam, like, with your friends, and, like, you know, you can hang out, and it was, like, supervised by different teachers and stuff. Really, really interesting idea. I don't know if they still do it or not. I hope they do. Um... But, uh, yeah, so I met him there, and I just saw him playing guitar, and I think I just met him through, like, a mutual friend or something at the time, and uh, it's my friend Vince, who I do, who was in other um, 
classes with me in middle school. So I met I met him and uh who was formerly in like one of our old bands that we had started. And uh yeah, I kinda met I met Dan and started listening to him play guitar and uh I was like, Yeah, this is really cool. So I remember one of the first songs he started playing all the time was the immigrant song by Led Zeppelin. And okay. uh I don't know if you know that song at all. It has like that crazy high screeching uh vocal mm-hmm. from Robert Plant in it. That's just really um you know, endemic of like what Led Zeppelin represents in my mind, basically. Um, right. Yeah. So, so pretty much, I was listening to him play that, and I remember consistently calling that song the immigration song to him. Like I would just throw <laughs> up the name of it without realizing it, and then right. he would constantly he would constantly correct me, like on like what the name of the song was, <laughs> and I would just never get it because I'd never remember or I, you know, whatever. I was like 13, so I didn't know like anything. But basically, um. You know, I was listening to him play the song, and then we just kind of developed a relationship, and then we met some other musicians in that club, and then through other mutual friends, we got a, like, you know, a little band together. And then cool. uh, there, you know, we just kind of continued honing our skills, getting new, getting different members, and, you know, it's not like we really built the band, just kind of, like, you know, metastasized as it went along, you know, like, it, it just kind of naturally developed, like, naturally, like, people would, you know, leave and other people would stay and then we, yeah and we're definitely you know, gonna get into a little bit of that because you you know you've had yeah. some lineup changes over time so yeah so okay so you and dan you know are the main kind of members of this band and then it's around when is it then when you get kind of serious about it is it around 17 years old that you guys start to really you know kind of yeah try to yeah. regroup this thing to make it something rather than just a, a jam band so to speak yeah, I mean, like, you know, we would first try to play shows with other lineups that we had, and, like, things would happen, like, people wouldn't be available or something like that, or, you know, we were just really young, so like, we were 15, right. 16, we were trying to play shows. Um, but I feel like when we were, like, 17 years old, we started playing shows, you know, like, we started trying to, like, get the music out. Wait, you're, like hold on, you're, you're fading out again, Andrew. Hold on. You there? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah you're just kind of – are you on a speakerphone or no? No, I'm on regular. Uh, okay. Just, yeah. Can you hear okay. me now? Yeah, yeah, I can. It's just sometimes you just kind of sound like you're, like, way off in the distance. <laughs> oh. Okay. Right. Uh, no, that's okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, I mean, we would kind of go through different members and – then by the time we were about 17, you know, that's when we really started kind of approaching it seriously. And then from there, uh, we started playing more shows, going out, um, really just trying to develop what the band was and figure out, like, what it is that we wanted to do. So from there, we had, in about 2009 is when John joined the band. And mm-hmm. that kind of marked another point where we had another songwriter because initially Dan, you know, he was the only um, person writing the songs for a while. And um, once John came into the band, he started writing songs and introducing his things that he wanted into the band. Um, and then we had another guy named George at one point, who's a really cool guy. He plays in a bunch of other bands in Philadelphia. We still know him. still talking. Um, yeah, what happened to that? Was George That was George Legatos, right? Yeah, yeah, he was in our band. Yeah, what, was he? Was he? I don't what, know if he was in the band when you interviewed us before. I think he probably left, but he was. I think he was actually because I had interviewed you actually 
this is actually your third interview on the show. Um, yeah. Because, yeah, I do remember what he was in the band. I guess he came on in around 2007. And then yeah. I'm trying to think. I'm looking at my notes right here. Hold on a second. <laughs> you might know our band, like, uh, <laughs> our band history even even more than I do at this point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, so he came – yeah, Sellers came on in 2008, who's your, your bassist slash – you know, yeah, yeah, pianist, yeah. keyboardist, and right, Legatos yeah. came on in 2007. And then, what led to Legatos' departure? Well, I think he was just kind of playing a lot of different bands, a different musical interests, okay. and um, you know, kind of wanted to pursue that. Um, you know, and we were still trying at that point, just trying to figure out, you know, what kind of band we wanted to be. Right. You know, we knew we liked different uh, classic rock artists, but we didn't really evolve out of that yet. Um, and that's what I think is um, what I like about the album a lot is that I feel like we finally got the chance to do that a little bit. So definitely, yeah, definitely. I think it incorporates a lot of of new elements and dynamics compared to right your album back in um, 2000 and let's see, Ghost Train, right? Ghost Train was well, that was the EP, and then you had the Visions album back yeah. in 2012, right? Yeah, right. yeah, definitely um, different. I mean, it still definitely has a classic rock roots to it. You can tell mm-hmm. there's that kind of vibe, but there's a lot of other stuff built around it. Like we listened to for solid like two two years or more, we were listening to a lot of post rock music, a lot of um post punk music and um instrumental music that has really well textured songs and, and layers and that sort of thing. So we kinda cool. got really into that. And that's what helped us kind of influence this album. Like we went to the studio, it was pretty clear that we wanted to do something along those lines, but with an element, you know, of the, uh, so what what bands were before, you know, the same band we are now, but just right. develop as we go along and evolve. Because all our favorite bands do that. Um, you know, and who would you say? Yeah, yeah, bring some of the favorite bands in, in between you and Sellers and, you know, and uh, oh, yeah. Dan and Ed. So what are some of the I'm, music you guys are listening to right now? Well, I guess right now like, we've been listening to a lot of, um, you know, post-rock, post-hardcore, uh, Mugwai. I listen to a lot of Russian Circles. I like Soundgarden a lot. Always like Soundgarden. Um, nice. Because of that same element I was saying where they kind of just evolve. Like every single record is a different thing. But it's still mm-hmm. the same band, you can still tell. Um, so, yeah, Dan's been listening to a lot of brand new. We've been influenced by them a lot. Uh, so some of the post-hardcore and rock uh, elements that they embody and sort of the post-rock stuff where it's really a, um, all about all about dynamics. Pretty cool. much. So you cool. build a song cool. and it kind of like builds as it goes along and you layer it with different effects and, you know, that sort of a thing. So it kind of brings more life into what the song is and how it feels, you know, so it right. kind of represents that a little bit more. Um, nice. But, yeah, I so think John is still As you're talking, too, let's thing. pull in... Yeah, I just want to yeah. pull in some interesting stuff, because I think this is really unique about you guys as a band. You know, it looks like yeah. most of you guys, if not all of you guys, you know, have jobs and careers, have went to college, so I want to kind of tie that in, because... You know, it's interesting, Andrew, when I interview a lot of, you know, bands that are, you know, touring bands and, you know, on the road nonstop, it's, you know, and I don't agree with this. You know, some people say you either have to do it 150% or you're not a serious musician, and I don't agree with that. I think there's all different variations of, you know, people's right, dedication right. to their craft. 
So, yeah, tell us a little bit about you went to Ryder, was it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you went to Ryder, and what did you what did you study there? And just you know, tell us a little bit about what you're doing now, and then we'll pull in the other members and then get back into, you know, you guys kind of getting out of college and still pursuing music on a really serious basis. Yeah, so, I mean, I went to Ryder, I think it was, like, 2011. And I went there to study, um, you know, mass media and digital media, basically. Um, video editing, film, television, uh, that sort of thing. So that's, that's kind of what I went there for. And uh, just really kind of, with everything I try to do in life, just, like, immerse myself in it, most out of every single uh, facet of, of what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Um, which can increasingly be a challenge, you know, depending on how much stuff you try to do at one time. Um, <laughs> right, right. So, uh, yeah, but, I mean, it, it just kind of it gave me an outlet to, another outlet to produce creatively in an area that I also felt like I had talent in. Um, and that was, you know, would allow me a break from the music and, like, Sometimes when you get into something, whatever it is, filmmaking or music or anything creative, um, mm-hmm. for me personally, like I need something to consistently like, reinvigorate me all the time. Right. So doing different things, and now I'm writing articles for a newspaper, you know, writing as a journalist, and cool. you know, editing videos and playing with the band. It just kind of all feeds into one another and like allows for... Um, like a really sort of cathartic like synergy just, right. just allows me to kind of really be who I am and and try and don't get bored with anything and, and you know stay vital all the time. Right. Uh, it so can you... be a little bit distracting like from doing different things from one another and it can be hard to schedule. But right. um, so far you know it's just kind of been worth it and it's made me really you know happy in what I'm doing. Cool. So you work you work do you work full time for CBS Philly? No, I mean, I work uh, part-time for that, like, I mean, for GM, basically. So my okay. hours fluctuate between full-time and part-time, you know, depending okay. on how much stuff we have going on, how many people are on vacation, how many people have to cover for, you know, if it's holiday season, if we have special events going on, if there's special, you know, breaking news and things like that. So, I mean, okay. uh, it, it varies, but, I mean, I have a consistent idea of what a fair amount of it is going to be. And then I write for the newspaper, too, and that's kind of been like I do different articles and uh, you know pitch things to editors and they pitch things to me and you know I, I work on things that I think are really like I enjoy working on and sometimes take a lot of time to put together because I I really find the subjects interesting or I find it important to what are some um, yeah what are some what are some topics you're writing about that you find interesting well I did a uh, the community that our band is in a community called Fishtown and um you know, the former, like, working class sort of area, and then uh, slowly throughout the years became uh, gentrified, especially given the past 10 or 15 or so years. And um, when I was living in London, while I was going to school rider, I did a co-op. And while I was there, I kind of went to this community called Shortage a lot. So similar type of dynamic where it had, like, you know, working class traditions and, you know, um, Everyone was in, you know, different working class jobs and that sort of thing. And then throughout mm-hmm. time, it became a more creative community. Uh, new people moved in the community. Younger people moved in the community. 
um, different, you know, activities that are about the Ambly, different bars, different shows, galleries, that sort of thing. So when I came back to America after living in London for four months or so, I came back. And what, um, really quick, Andrew, what brought you to London? What yeah. made you go over there? Oh, I just did a, I did a co-op for school. Oh, so, gotcha. Okay. Yeah, it was um, it was basically like a partnership with uh, another school who was in London that was partnered with uh, Imperial College. Um, okay. And basically, okay. I I did four or five classes over there, and I did uh, a film on there too, which was also with uh, film and digital media. Um, we'll do for a brand film content company. Um, while I was nice. over there, and that was a really good creative outlet as well. But I think just coming back to America after having that experience. And, being around like these creative communities like constantly when I was in London and traveling and having that experience of sort of like a self-actualization uh, moment that it was more or less extended over four months. Um, from there, I kind of just wanted to explore that kind of dynamic in my own community or communities mm-hmm. that I wrote for or places that I related to. So when I saw, when I came to Christian, I was like, there's really elements of this kind of vibrancy and creativity that, you know, remind me of, like, living in London. Right, right. Going to all the time, you know? And, like, this is something that's really, like, seminal for, like, how I became the person that I am. And I kind of saw these connections. I decided to write an article on, like, what were the similarities? You know, why were they, uh, how were they different? Why are they similar? And, you know, uh, or the people who lived in this town who, like, one point lived in London, which I found people who did and talked to them about that experience. And it just made it into, like, a series that kind of took me maybe, like, six months to write the whole thing and wow. research and all that. And it was a lot of fun. You know, like, I don't That's know, cool. It made a lot of sense yeah. to me at the time because I was playing with the band and I was, you know, just gotten back within a year or so and we're playing shows and, you know, things are going well and, and, uh, you know, I'm writing for the newspaper and I'm working. So it just, it just made sense to kind of explore these connections a little bit more that made a lot of sense to me and, and were really important to, to me cool. as a person. So. Yeah, no, that's, that's definitely great. Like you said, just integrating the video, the writing, the music. I mean, everything, you know, comes together in a very cohesive way. Um, yeah, so just yeah. Well, and real quick, um, what is what does uh, Dan do for a living? And we'll just go through each of the members, just you know, something interesting about them. Yeah, I mean, Dan, um, he basically like manages like an entire like produce section at a store. So I mean, okay. he has a pretty demanding job. Like a lot of us have fairly, it's interesting. Like we all work and we have like somewhat demanding jobs, and right, and, uh, you know, we really are really brought together by the music. Um, Going, that's why we're so excited about this record and the song and uh, all that. But, uh, okay. Yeah. And what about on that, Ed? He's still always Ed. sending me music all the time. Music always. <laughs> I get like two right, right. like, music in my inbox between like him and Ed and John. And like every other right. week, I get like him with a new song. It's like, we just wrote an album. We need to talk about this album. Let's <laughs> <laughs> not go yeah. too quick. And what is um yeah, Ed, yeah. Do? Ed, oh, works, fine. Ed works in a Ed works in a hospital, right? What does he do? No, so, I think Jamil works in a hospital actually, yeah. Is and it? then he oh, works in sorry. a hospital. And then no, you're good. You got you got the you got the facts right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We um yeah, so Ed Ed actually works for a um 
mortgage company right now. So oh, okay. That, okay. And he just finished school not too long ago. And then uh, John's still in school, too. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, we're kind John's of... John's still... All, all, all still? All at different places in our life. Yeah. And okay. uh, all at different places in our life. And he also works out at a beatery, too. And, um, cool. So, I mean, yeah, like, we're all kind of at different places in our life, but the music is kind of what pulls the whole thing all together. No, that's great. And do you, do they all also live in New Jersey by you, or where are these guys located? Yeah, they, I mean, they all live in Jersey. Yeah, like, basically, all of us live in Mount Laurel, except for Camille. Oh, okay. Uh, so, but we're trying to move to Philadelphia, actually, near this town, near this area, because of, you know, a lot of this creativity that's going on uh, in the community and, and in neighboring areas next to it, too. And, like, I'm here all the time now, so it just kind of makes sense. Um, right, right. Um, so we're kind of working towards that, and, uh, you know, a few of us are definitely going to move in together at some point, I think. So we're working towards that and just working on more shows and doing more festivals and recording and, and working on new music. So just kind of expanding cool. the band upon what we've kind of already done. Definitely. Nice, nice. So you guys are all going to move together into some type of a place at some point? That's the ultimate game plan? I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not sure if all okay. of us moving together, but definitely okay. like you know, a decent amount. You know, at least two, if okay. not three, maybe. So uh, at that point, you know, it just becomes like a pseudo band house. You know? Right. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, definitely. Kind of like get together and it's like ah, oh, it's just a meeting point. So hopefully we can do that. And I remember, you know, uh, we still go to this poetry. Um, Basically, like this poetry event that happens every two weeks at this school that John goes to and that Ed graduated from too, and and uh, maybe we want to set something up like that here, you know, in Philly, where we have like poetry and music, and we just go there like every two weeks and we play songs and we listen to people do poetry, it's sort of like you know, a little bit like a Dylan kind of a thing. Um, nice. But it was it nice. was it was a lot of fun. So hopefully maybe we can set something like that up because I know we talk about that all the time. Okay, cool. Well, let's let's do this. Let's uh, one of my favorite tracks I want to play because I definitely want to fit two songs in, um, and then we'll come back and we're going to talk about how you you hooked up with Ted Richardson and more about the album and stuff like that. Um, so cool. again, one of my Sounds songs good. that I really liked on it, Andrew, um, was definitely Zach likes trains, which is it's it's kind of a you know it could be a funny name, you know people could be like Zach likes trains, but just the music and, and the way the song kind of vibes and just the drive of it. I mean, I just, it, it's really cool. It's a really cool track. So Thanks. tell us a little yeah. bit about, um, did you write all the lyrics to that? Well, actually, Ed wrote all the lyrics to that song, too. Um, oh, really? So, okay. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, I've written some song, some lyrics to some songs. I've written, I wrote all the lyrics to Basement, and I wrote all the lyrics to uh, She's Doing Well. Um, yeah, those are two great tracks, all, too. Thanks. Yeah, like the Ed wrote basically like that whole song. That's like Ed, you know, one of Ed's go to songs. Um Okay. But it was really weird because when I was in uh when I was in Paris like studying abroad, uh I had like a similar experience with what he actually described in the song. And I kinda of told him this on different occasions that he's like we're both like eerily like weirded out by it in a kinda of cool way. Um, okay. But the way that he wrote the song, and it's just like a train at night within our sight, so let's go both the way, it's kind of a song. And I kind of, 
know, I had a similar experience where I saw someone who, uh, you know, I was friends with at the time and we became close and um, they had lived in Europe and, you know, were living in a different city. And I remember seeing them and I took them to the train and, like, it just kind of connected to all those moments that I was relating to and it just described it perfectly and almost like another song described like a specific experience with life, which was really just maybe more connected to the song, you know, than I thought I was going to be, uh, even though I really loved it. So nice. I mean, once, once I kind of figured that out, it just made sense. And, uh, yeah, it, it still brings those thoughts back to me like, whenever I, when I think about it. Okay, cool. Well, well said. Yeah. Let's uh, let's let's do this. I'll put you on hold. We're gonna check out the song, and then yeah, we'll come back. Let's talk a little bit about again working with Ted Richardson, how you met him. Um, you know, I want to hear a little bit about you know your new label. It looks like you're not with Romulus anymore, and you're with a you know a different label right now. So yeah, we'll we'll incorporate some of that stuff and then kind of wind things down with upcoming shows and events. Okay. Cool. Sounds good. All right. Cool. All right. Hold on, Andrew. All right. All right. Okay, everyone. Andrew Corkery again from Shadow Play. He's the lead vocalist. And we're going to check out one of, my, one of my personal favorite tracks off of their new album. It is out right now titled Almost Lifelike. So here we go. It's called Zach Likes Trains. And we'll be back shortly. Thank you. 
and can you hear me? Song. Your voice sounds really, 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 really cool. The track and just the, the kind of the modicness of your voice to tell us with the music. Really great stuff. You there? Yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yeah, I hear you. Sorry, but um, yeah, can you? I can, I can hear you now. Can you hear me? Are you there? Yeah, I, I can hear you. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so basically, we met him through... Can you hear me? Yeah. You can hear me? Yeah, I hear you now. Okay, yeah. I mean, basically... We met him through our then manager at the time. What's that? Hello? Um, Yeah, so basically we met him through our then manager at the time. Um, Can you hear me? Yeah, can you hear me? I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yeah, you're breaking up. I'm sorry. I can't hear you say stuff, but I can't. Now, but just just to wind things up soon. Oh, let's bring it back. It's called drop it back on. Right, well, I, t- I just tried calling back to make sure to see if you could hear me or not. Because um, you were breaking up. I couldn't hear it.
the best loss we possibly could with everything that we had. Um, so that, that's basically what we did, and we just kind of went in. After listening to a lot of different music that was more dynamic over the course of the couple of years that we took a break. And then from there, um, you know, we kind of just, we kind of just uh, basically, you know, started started listening to a lot of that music and it influenced where we kind of went with this album and why we wanted so many different dynamic sounds and uh, why we took a lot of time working on it. I mean, I did the introduction when you were for Paul and I did a nice intro for you guys. I think the fact that this is really an eclectic album in terms of you could really incorporate a lot of different elements, and I guess what you make right hand out. You don't want some cookie cutter band that's trying to copy what other people are doing. Um, so I think really capture with this album, you know, the type musicians that you guys all have together. What was the last part of that? Sorry. I don't know yeah, why. I'm Can I? Son. Yeah. Again. Oh. Okay. Again. Let's let's do this. Let's do this. When we start talking, it's challenging with the phone for now. But um, yeah, Andrew, the, the album's phenomenal. As I said, why don't you, you know, let people know where they can find you guys? Do you have any upcoming shows? Yeah, I mean, uh, you can find us on on Shatterplay.band. Uh, that's our new website that we're going with right now. There? And, um, yeah, up here. Trying to bring them back on right now. There's either Andrew. Hello. I think it's this happens on the monitor as said they also have a and you can also follow them on the page and that's what they have a up event. He's posted stuff about coming shows and more. Again, fortunately he's he's stalling here on the switchboard here. Um his yeah, he's having some connection problems. But it was a great interview with him, everyone. Andrew Orkery, lead singer from Shadowplay, and check interview, check out the podcast, learn some really cool stuff about these guys, the bands, um, how they get together, some interesting facts about their personal lives and some of the stuff they do on the side. And uh, it's a great interview, great, great album. Check it out. Almost lifelike. And again, check some cool music tonight so you can kind of get a piece of what just come on the album. So thank you so much, everyone, for tuning to the Kettleman Show tonight. As I mentioned, um, podcasts are available of all of my inner 